Blog Talk Radio. Show. The Rifle Show is sponsored by the Appleseed Project, which is an offshoot of the Revolutionary War Veterans Association. The Revolutionary War Veterans Association creed and, uh, and desire is to remember those who sacrificed, uh, in many cases all, uh, of their todays so that we could have our tomorrow. And that's what we try and do at the, the Rifleman Radio Show, is remember uh, those folks. Remember the folks uh, that stood together on April 19, 1775, who stood there in uh, great uh, anxiety, and, uh, and I'm sure not uh, a few of them uh, were very uh, apprehensive and, uh, I dare say, even scared by their own report, scared to be there. Does that make them cowards? Exactly the opposite. The nef- definition of uh, of courageous is not somebody who does something they're not afraid to do. Anyone can do that. Definition of courageous is somebody who does something, even though it scares them to death. They do it anyway. And that's what those men and women did uh, on Lexington Green on April 19, 1775. Sure, a lot of them were scared to death. They were farmers, uh, shopkeepers, uh, cattle herdsmen, uh, weavers. They weren't uh, professional soldiers, but they were patriots, folks who had decided that uh, no matter what was going to happen, 
that they had to have a say in what was going on in their country. And we want to remember them for that. We want to honor them. To remember is to honor. And that's what, that's what we'd like to do today is to remember those folks from April 19, 1775 and honor them uh, by our remembrance of them. <clears throat> Thanks, everyone, for uh, tuning into the show tonight. I'm going to get started here with the, uh, the events coming up, as we usually do. We had uh, a ton of shoots this last weekend, and uh, it's like that every weekend. Let's see, we've got uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 12 shoots for this next weekend, uh, 12 or more for the next, and so on and so forth. <coughs> we, uh, we'll probably end up with over 600 shoots next year. And we're talking about doing 200 of them on one day. 200 shoots on one day. Can you believe that? That's four times the number that we did uh, here we started out. We set 50 as a goal, and we uh, we did 50, and we're patting ourselves on the back for that, 50 shoots nationwide. And uh, here it is just a couple of years later, and we're talking about doing 200 events nationwide on one day. 200 events nationwide on one day. Can you imagine that? That's what we'll be doing. That's what we'll need your help in helping us to achieve is getting locations for those events, uh, become an instructor so you can help staff those events. Uh, as a uh, person uh, concerned about preserving the heritage of the nation, you should be, you should be considering attending an event uh, and becoming a part of the Appleseed Program with the Revolutionary War Veterans Association. All right, we're going to start the uh, next week off with Atoll, Massachusetts, June 20th and 21st. Bennington, Vermont, June 20th and 21st. Casper, Wyoming, June 20th and 21st. Corona, California, June 20th and 21st. Corpus Christi, Texas, June 20th and 21st. That's this next weekend. We'll be down in Corpus, uh, myself, uh, Alonso One, Respiratory Pop, several other folks will be down there for the Corpus shoot. And uh, we'd like anybody uh, anywhere in Texas to migrate to Corpus Christi uh, this coming weekend uh, to take part in the shoot. Lafayette, Indiana, June 20th and 21st. Ottawa, Illinois, June 20th and 21st. Peru, California, June 20th and 21st. Now that... Uh, event is going to be on the tail end of a Rifleman's Boot Camp. Uh, that's where the folks have gone there. They showed up last Sunday, and they've been going hard and fast this last week, learning to become riflemen and then to become instructors. They're going to get their chance to instruct this coming weekend. And uh, if you're out in California, we'd like you to attend the Peru, California event, June 20th and 21st. Uh, in order to give the guys that uh, just got through with the the boot camp then, give them a chance uh, to actually put all their uh, teaching skills, uh, their instructional techniques to use. New Bremen, New York, June 20th and 21st. Ramsar, North Carolina, June 20th and 21st. Osage Beach, Missouri, June 20th and 21st. Dalton, New Hampshire, June 25th and 26th, which is a Thursday and Friday 
event. Albuquerque, New Mexico, June 27th and 28th. Cloverdale, Indiana, June 27th and 28th. El Paso Community College, El Paso, Texas, June 27th and 28th. And folks, this is the indoor range, okay? Don't let a little bit of Texas heat uh, scare you away from this one because it's an indoor range. There's uh, 20 positions, nice, clean, uh, sharp uh, center they have at the uh, El Paso Community College, the law enforcement center there. Uh, very nice range, nice indoor, climate-controlled range, and uh, some great instructors. The Greensburg, Kentucky, June 27th and 28th. This one's been moved, and we'll let you know uh, eventually when we reschedule it, when it will be uh, put back on the calendar. Kilimere, Wyoming, June 27th and 28th. Oxford, Kansas, June 27th and 28th. Per year, Tennessee, June 27th and 28th. Now I want to give you the July 4th and 5th events. That's Castle Rock, Washington, July 4th and 5th. Birmingham, Alabama, July 4th and 5th. Davila, Texas, right here in Davila, July 4th and 5th. Ottawa, Illinois, July 4th and 5th. Ramsar, North Carolina, July 4th and 5th. Raton, New Mexico, that's the NRA Whittington Center. Great place to shoot. Uh, great instructors, that's July 4th and 5th. Stinson, West Virginia, July 4th and 5th. Augusta, Georgia, July 11th and 12th. Troop, New York, July 11th and 12th. Uh, I'll be uh, instructing at that event in uh, New York. Virginia, Virginia Beach, Virginia, July 8th and 12th. July 11th and 12th. <laughs> okay, July 11th and 12th. Manheim, Manheim, Pennsylvania, July 18th and 19th. Miamisburg, Ohio, July 18th and 19th. Fort White, Florida, July 18th and 19th. Oxford, Kansas, again on July 18th and 19th. Peru, California, July 18th and 19th. Proctor, Vermont, July 18th and 19th. <clears throat> Winslow, New Jersey, July 18th and 19th. Okay, that pushes us a whole month ahead. Now, how are you going to find out about the events you want to go to, uh, and how are you going to get registered for them? Well, let me tell you how you do it. You go to appleseedinfo.org. That's the uh, web, the homepage for the site, <clears throat> appleseedinfo.org. Up in the left-hand corner, you'll see a uh, a tab that says Appleseed. You click on that, uh, and it's a drop-down menu. Look on that menu; it'll say Schedules. All right. Once you get to the uh, to the schedule, then you can look at the dates that you would like to go, determine the dates that you want to go, and then uh, there's a hot link right beside it that says information. You can look on the hot link that says information. That will tell you uh, directions to the event, any special uh, rules, regulations, anything like that, uh, any special uh, needs or anything. And then uh, the other hot link is the register link. So you decide you want to go to an event, make sure that you pre-register. Uh, that is very helpful to us. Uh, we're on a working budget, and we want to make sure that we get the right number of instructors out to you, out to each of the locations. Uh, we'd like to have a good instructor to uh, attendee ratio, 
So we want to make sure that we get enough out there. Uh, and then also supplies, logistics, stuff like that, make sure we've got enough stuff there. Also, uh, if folks pre-register for an event, and it, start look like, and it looks like the event is starting to fill up, then we will do our best to attain additional shooting lines. Okay, I'm not going to say that we can always do it, because we can't. But we will do our best to try and get some uh, additional shooting area so that we can expand uh, the range to include uh, the extra shooters. So you go to appleseedinfo.org. That's the home page. Click on Appleseed, which is the top left uh, menu tab. When the drop-down menu comes down, you'll look at Schedule. Click on Schedule. That will take you to the scheduling page. And you can look there and see the dates are, the events are listed by date. Find the event by date and then by the uh, location that you want to go to. Click on Information to get the uh, any additional location uh, information that you need, any special rules. And then click on Register. That will take you to our... Uh, third-party registration software, Eventbrite, and they will get you registered online. You'll receive a confirmation packet and number and stuff, and uh, also a, a link to what you need to bring, what you need to do to prepare, etc. <coughs> All right. If you'd like to, uh, if you'd like to call in, you are welcome to call in to uh, just listen on the phone or. Uh, if you have any comments or questions, we will be glad to uh, we'll be glad to answer any questions you have. You can call in at three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero. All right, I'm trying to pull up the. Uh, I'm trying to pull up the the chat page here at the same time the my internet seems to be really slow and uh, and I have no air conditioning uh, so I'm in I'm fully enjoying the uh, 100 degree Texas heat today and the uh, the apple seed uh, apple seed project the rifleman radio show sweat lodge. So, uh, if at times it seems like I'm searching for something, it might be that I'm, it might be that I'm searching for the, uh, for what I have on the screen and I can't see it because my eyes are filled with sweat. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> One of the things we want to talk about tonight <clears throat> is. What does it take uh, to live the life of a rifleman? Now, I'm going to read you what I have written at the top of this show page. A rifleman never stops learning. A rifleman never stops teaching. A rifleman continues to seek ways to protect the freedom the Founding Fathers left us, to improve himself, his home, his family, his community, his state, and his country. Every day of his life, a rifleman adapts. A rifleman overcomes, and a rifleman persists. And I tell the folks this at uh, Appleseed that this is not just some fancy gilded uh, rhetoric that we throw out there. This is this is the actual code that we live by here. And let me tell you this too: there's nothing wrong, 
nothing wrong at all, no matter how often folks will tell you that there is, no matter how often folks will put you down or scoff at you or laugh at you uh, for having a code to live by, there's nothing wrong with it. All right, modern Americans seem to have forgotten their code. They've forgotten how to be Americans. The Alpha C Project is here to help them remember. Now, the Alpha C Project is dedicated uh, to teaching uh, rifle marksmanship, rifle safety, American history of uh, April 19, 1775, American heritage. But it's much, much more than a rifle or a marksmanship organization. And uh, it's certainly not a social organization, although you will meet some of the best people in the world at, a, at an Appleseed event. Uh, it seems that just the cream of the crop is pulled off uh, of American society and American culture these days and siphoned into the Appleseed program. You will find the absolutely best Americans on the face of the planet, folks who still care about their country, folks who have a desire to do something for their country, to do something for themselves, because this project is not just about it's not just about scoring 210 or above on the AQT, because that will get you a rifleman's patch, but that won't make you a rifleman. A rifleman is much more than that. <clears throat> a rifleman is constantly trying to improve himself. And by improving himself, he is able to improve his home, his family, uh, his city, his community, his state, his country. By improving himself, that allows him to become uh, an instrument of improvement all the way up the chain up to and including improving and preserving the heritage of this country. Now, what does it take to be an American? A lot of folks figure that uh, you're an American just because you were born here. Being born in the country doesn't make you an American. Uh, It'll get the word American typed into your birth certificate, into your passport, but that won't make you an American. Being an American is much more than that. Being an American is, is having a love for your country, a desire to preserve your country, to preserve the heritage of your country, to preserve the rights and freedoms of your country. For so long in America, we've had we had such a great system of government that uh, for well over a hundred years, it seemed to have just been running on its own without any help from any of us. It seemed like it was just doing a great job, just chugging along because of the brilliance of the folks who designed uh, the documents which create our government. But, uh, just like uh, Fun Failers 
car analogy last week. Uh, there comes a time when the when the the country has a few miles on it, and it needs some additional TLC. Uh, it needs some care and uh, some safeguarding, and that time is now. Make sure that you're doing your job as an American. As an American, you have a sacred obligation to ensure that your rights, your liberties, your freedoms are being safeguarded. And they can't be safeguarded by someone else. They have to be safeguarded by you. All right. Sam? Is that you on the line? Five seven five, Eric five seven five. You're on the air. I'm here. I'm here tonight, Scout. Okay. All right. Well, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Been out uh, working with my buddies out here, passing out a little literature, talking with some people, and uh, generally getting things ready for our shooting Albuquerque next weekend. Did you say you were passing out some liquor? Literature. <laughs> I heard you. Well, that's great. It sounds great. What's the temperature like there? Ninety-seven. Ninety-seven. Okay. Well, you know, I don't got nothing on you. I'll tell you what. I probably do have is a little bit of humidity. Well, I'm running at right at a hundred degrees. Actually, it's ninety-nine now, right here, and uh, and uh, it is toasty. It's not bad here at ninety-seven. It's a uh... It's quite livable because it's a dry heat. You well, just what don't. Is, what is the next event you have coming up there? Our next event is going to be our shooting in Albuquerque on the 27th and 28th. And we also have one in El Paso on the 27th and 28th. All right. And uh, that, well, you've got the, yeah, that one is the, at the Woody, I mean, uh, the El Paso Community College. Right. That's a nice shoot. People will be all comfortable and, and air-conditioned. And uh, that'll be a good shoot. It always is. We have a wonderful facility down there. People at the college make that available to us and give us a classroom to work out of and, and use of the range. And, uh, and it's always very good. And... Uh, Having the other shoot up at Albuquerque at Shooting Range City Park. It's one of the few places that has a city park that's a shooting range. And that's a pretty good facility, too, although it's not air-conditioned. Wow. Well, the the uh, NRA Whittington Center, even, the, even with uh, it being the summer, is still going to be a great location to shoot at. Oh, yes. Always. Always. Uh, Whittington Center, we have a shoot up there on the 4th of July. I highly recommend northern New Mexico folks, West Texas folks, Colorado folks, Kansas folks come on down and uh, and go to that shoot. It's always a, a beautiful place to shoot. Uh, you do have a few problems. You have to you have to see spire kind of often. Stop and get the antelope and deer off in the range. 
but other than that, you, you couldn't ask for a finer place or a more beautiful place to go. Wow. Well, that sounds really great. Uh, how are the uh, how is the radio promotions going there? I haven't talked to you this week uh, about that. Have you managed to talk anyone else into getting, letting us getting on the radio, any of the uh, New Mexico radio? I know it's hard out there because, uh, just like in West Texas, a lot of the radio stations out there are syndicated. So you're not going to call in there because they're, it's a national show, so uh, you'll be calling in to... Uh, you know, some national company rather than uh, than a local company. But have you had any luck in finding any more of the uh, local? We've gotten uh, one station in the state uh, over in Deming. The call letters escape me right now. Uh, has been advertising the shoots for the Whittington Center and for Albuquerque. And I'm hoping to get a, a regular plug here in Alamogordo. Uh, we've sent out press releases to every station within the state, and that's something that uh, I started. Uh, Fred asked me to look at uh, what we could do to help some of these low turnout shoots, and uh, we've taken to doing up press releases and sending to stations uh, generally within 100 miles of uh, scheduled shoot locations. So if uh, some of you people out there have a shoot coming up and you happen to hear it mentioned in the community calendar on your local radio or TV station or in coming events in your local newspaper, don't be shocked and don't get mad at me. Uh, myself and a few others out there have started sending out those press releases on a regular basis now, and we're hitting towns... Uh, uh, basically, uh, radio stations and TV stations, papers within 100 miles with scheduled shoot location. We're going to see how it works. Uh, I'll be calling and emailing shoot bosses, uh, asking them uh, what their turnout was, because we like to find out, and we want them to ask people how they heard. Uh, we, we need to find out where our effort is working, if it is or not. And if a shoot boss happens to have somebody from the newspaper come up and say, well, some guy named Sam said I could come up here and shoot, uh, get them on the line and shoot them. And uh, we, we need to do it because we're, uh, we're doing this all around the country. Right now, I've worked, uh, we've been working shoots out till about the uh, second weekend in July. And we're going to try and hit them three weeks out, basically, uh, any shoot that I see that looks like it's going to be a low turnout, and not just necessarily in absolute numbers, but a low turnout for what I figure that state can produce. I might see two dozen people on the schedule for a shoot, but if I think they ought to have three dozen, it's a low turnout shoot in my book, and we're going to hit the town. Wow. How many, uh, looking into this coming year for the April 19th event, how many events do you think that you guys will be able to swing there in New Mexico? For the coming year? Mm-hmm. I'm for looking April, to see... April 19th event. For April 19th of 2010, I'm looking for three shoots in this state. Possibly four. Okay. I want Raton, Albuquerque, and Las Cruces. Wow, that sounds great. <laughs> that sounds great, because uh, New Mexico, uh, you know, it's a uh, less populated state... And 
you know, you guys have a, a very uh, a very light population there. To have three shoots in the state is great because uh, if we if we had three shoots in every state, we'd have 150 right off the bat. And there's plenty of states that are densely populated and it can afford to have more. I believe uh, uh, California had 14 this last year. Texas had seven. I believe Vermont had seven also. Uh, so uh, three in New Mexico is going to be great. Yeah, we're working to get our instructor cadre up to speed. Uh, one of the things that we've been very fortunate on is that although our total numbers are low, half of our shooters uh, have expressed a desire or already have become IITs. And uh, I'd like to try and get a an IBC set up out here. Uh, it probably can't happen until September or October, maybe, uh, simply because of shooting conditions. But if I can do that, I'll have an even dozen people to come out to it. Right. Husband and wife teams and, and uh, a bunch of strays in various forms that they're really interested in. It's just a matter of setting up a location where I can get them all together uh, and get a good instructor out there to, to bring them up to snuff. And we're going to turn them loose on the world. <laughs> we got a, a, it's a small bunch, but they're a dedicated bunch and they're an interested bunch. So we're going to do them. Uh, something that uh, I'd like people out there to keep in mind. Uh, if they see an opportunity where they can get out and start uh, doing a little more press, uh, they, they need to do it. You know, we talked uh, the other day, uh, last week, about uh, where you could find uh, call information on radio stations all around the country. And those are also available uh, for newspapers all around the country, contact information for them and television stations. But uh, on top of that, something that I haven't seen, one shoot that I looked into, I tried to work a couple weeks back, I tried to get a hold of some officers of the, of the club where we were having a shoot, and I wasn't able to contact them. And what I really wanted to do was to make sure that we had some of those club officers and members out recruiting uh, to get people to come to the shoot. So when you set up a shoot at your local range, you need to make sure that we get a couple of members of that club out there on the range, a couple of the officers of the club. That's right, because those guys, uh, you need to drag some of the folks from your club, drag them over, and get them to uh, experience an athlete event, and then get them to host one there at the club, because I, I tell ranges this all the time, that we're a perfect partner for them. Uh, for the ranges, I know that uh, a lot of times the ranges are apprehensive about having a uh, some other organization come in because there's always that uh, defensive uh, uh, posture that they have where uh, they don't want to uh, uh, they don't want to lose uh, any of their folks or anything to the Appleseed Project when they don't understand that they're not going to. If anything. We're bringing folks to them. You know, we'll help them with a national wide, nationwide, uh, and local promotions. Uh, we will bring in the turnkey operation. We'll bring in the instructors, all the gear, everything we need, 
to do the shoot, and we're going to tell the folks who attend the shoot that they can't take their rifles and their uh, techniques and skills and put it in the closet when they get home that weekend and lock it back up for another year. In order for them to actually be productive uh, in the program, actually for them to live the life of a rifleman, they're going to have to shoot on a regular basis. They're going to have to shoot at least on a monthly basis. And where are they going to shoot? Well, normally they're going to shoot at the club that we brought them to. So we are we are a great tool for helping expand shooters at the, at the ranges that have us in there. It brings participation to their club. And when people come up there for the apple seed, they see the facilities. They want to shoot. They get to go out there and shoot at that range and... And we'll do our best to teach them the skills to be a rifleman. And they'll want to come on, and it'll boost membership and attendance at those clubs. And it's good for them, just like it's good for all the rest of the shooting industry. That's right. The more they are, the more business they get. Uh, even though we're not out there trying to boost the the industry, it can't help it. If you're going to go to an apple seed, you're going to, you're going to cut loose with 400 rounds over that weekend. Somebody's going to sell you that ammunition. <laughs> and support, get in line and support it, and you could be selling that ammunition to them. That's right. Yeah, we're not uh, we're not there to drum up business for the industry, but everything has its intended and unintended consequences. Uh, little did anybody know that the current uh, president would become the uh, firearms salesman of the year, and we appreciate that from him. Uh, we are doing our best to uh, ensure that everyone in the country becomes a rifleman, and how can they do it without a rifle? And uh, they seem to be buying them in uh, in droves. So that that is an uh, is an unintended consequence that is a benefit, uh, you know, from the uh, current situations. Now, <clears throat> as I said, we're we're not in the business of drumming up uh, business for. Uh, firearms manufacturers and uh, uh, ammunition salesmen and stuff. <clears throat> but at the same time, I tell the rangers, we're not in the business of selling any of that either. So, uh, you know, if we're going to have an event at a location and folks are going to need uh, a great deal of ammunition, usually we shoot around 500 rounds per person per an event. Okay, they've got to get the ammunition from somewhere. So uh, if the range will sell it to them, excellent. So, you know, we can bring in folks... Uh, uh, we're talking about uh, 10,000 rounds that's going to be needed for every uh, every 20 folks. So, you know, that's a, an additional benefit uh, to the range. You know, if they can sell some ammunition there, uh, uh, most people won't come to uh, an event and buy a rifle there. They may, uh, I, well, I don't know that they won't. They may come. They may buy one afterwards if there's one there at the range they can buy if they just shot and they liked it. <clears throat> Nevertheless, we're going to be a benefit to them, to their community, by uh, getting more folks to get involved in shooting. If more folks get involved in shooting, they actually become an asset. Whether they attend, whether they go to that range or not, they're going to be an asset uh, to that range, to that community, uh, by virtue of the fact that uh, if somebody comes in and tries to shut the range down, uh, as they are doing all over the United States, then generally folks involved in it with uh, rifle marksmanship through the Appleseed program are going to rally behind uh, the, the ranges trying to keep them open. So there's a whole list of unintended consequences that go with having a uh, an intended 
consequences that go with having an Appleseed event at your range. Uh, and speaking of that on the ranges, uh, we need everybody, everybody who's listening now, and uh, even those folks that aren't listening, what I need to do, you guys that are listening to do, <coughs> is get the ranges that you have been at uh, and the ranges that your buddies have been at. We need the uh, uh, letters of recommendation from each of the ranges that has been involved with an Appleseed program. We would like to get the letters of recommendations, and you can send those uh, to Ramster, uh, and then send an electronic copy uh, to either myself or uh, Funfailer or Fred. Send an electronic copy of the recommendation from the range. So if you've been to a, uh, an event, uh, like yourself there, Sam, if you can, uh, I don't know if you've already got letters from uh, the NRA Center or from uh, 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 I want to say Berman. It's not Berman. It's Dimming. From the range there at Dimming. If you could uh, get those together and send those in, we could sure use those. Uh, I'll get one from the range in Corpus Christi this coming weekend. And uh, we need to get as many of those together as soon as possible uh, because they need to go into our packets, promotion packets, and it needs to go onto the website uh, that we're putting up now so that we can direct folks, other ranges, when we uh, ask a range uh, to become involved, they can go to this location, they can read the number of ranges who have been involved with the Apple C program and who have benefited uh, or would recommend the, uh, an Apple Seed event at uh, another location. And they can sit there and they can read those uh, real quick right off the menu there at the, uh, on the page for it at the website. If we can get those uh, posted on the site, and something else that will help a lot, if they could send them to Mama Jean, they can send them as a PM to her. She's going to be writing some more press releases for us and uh, positive experiences that, uh, from people that have been to shoots, positive experiences from ranges that have hosted shoots. Uh, she can put those all together into a nice package that we can send out uh, when we advertise to other people. Exactly. Every bit helps. Yeah, and even and uh, the folks, like I said, if you, you and it was, it's easy too, just to say, uh, hey, listen, you know, uh, I'm part of the Alpsi program. Uh, we'd like to get a, uh, a to uh, get your range to host an event here. And if you want to find out more about us, go to alpsiinfo.org and go to right here, and there we'll have the page uh, laid out for the ranges to inspect, and that should. Uh, that should be a help in in uh, helping the host ranges to make their decisions. Uh, I'm going to bring uh, another fellow on the line with us, Sam. Who do we have tonight? All right. Nickel? Yeah. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? How are you doing this evening? Oh, comfortable. It's nice and cool up here. Yeah, I don't want to hear about your 68-degree weather. <laughs> you, know, but you know what? You'll be up here next month, so you'll it. <laughs> yeah, but here's the problem: is uh, like I have my folks up there, my wife's uh, folks in New York. They'll they'll be sitting here telling us all, just like you. Oh, it's 68 degrees. Oh, it's wonderful, and uh, you know, sweater at night and all of that. And then we get up there. Next thing you know, it's 97 degrees up there. And I'll tell you another thing about uh, New York and uh, the rest of those Yankees up there. 
is that uh, none of them believe in air conditioners. So when it gets to be 97, uh, yeah, you're on your own, buddy. We're going to be at New weekend. I'm going to be there. We're going to do full distance there. We did full distance at Van Atten. Uh, we've got Jericho coming up. Not on the official schedule yet, but it's 8, 9 August. Jericho is going to be in August? August. That's the only day weekend I can get the range. Okay. I heard you, but you're you're starting to kind of cut out some. In August, we're going to be in Jericho, Vermont. Uh, it's a 600-yard range. Vermont Army National Guard owns the range, my employer. And uh, it's got a beautiful facility, and we're going to get out full distance there. And we may even run a full distance AQT, but we're going to try to have, if we don't get to that, we're going to try to get everybody to shoot a little bit at 600 yards. And, well, that uh, sounds great. Can you schedule some rain there, too, for everybody? <laughs> I don't know if we'll get another gully washer like we got here, but that was something. I tell folks one of the things that uh, one of the things that I appreciate from the Alpha Z program is that, that uh, you may not appreciate it the first few times uh, you come to an event, but you'll learn to appreciate it. And that is, whenever you go to an Alpha Z event, very rarely uh, do you ever go to the range and you say, "Hey, I got an idea. Let's go to the range today. Let's go there early. Let's get there about 7:30 or so and set up, and then start shooting at 8:30." And then, heck, let's shoot all day. Let's shoot all the way to 5.30. And your buddy says, well, hey, listen, it's uh, it's 95 degrees, and uh, uh, and it's got a 20-knot wind blowing sand. Are you are you crazy? And you say, no, listen, uh, let's do it because it'll be fun. Uh, it'll be fun, and we can learn what our uh, rifle systems do in that weather. And your buddy says, you're, you're absolutely bleeping crazy, and no way. And uh, so you guys don't go, right? Well, I like that one. That's a good one. And let Appleseed Apple step in, and Appleseed will cure you of that. We'll take you to the range, uh, like at Jericho. We'll take you to the range, and uh, we'll provide a nice, heavy, cold rain uh, so that you can shoot all day in the rain and find out what your rifle does in that rain. Uh, I, for one, found out that whenever my Garand receiver is completely filled up with water, and I take that first shot, I better have cleaned it out beforehand. I better have made sure I've got a nice dry rifle, a nice dry receiver, no grease or anything. Because if you don't, uh, it's like somebody uh, spitting in your face a whole mouthful of uh, cooking grease from one inch away and uh, every shot you take. So you get to learn about your rifle, about what what happens when it fills up with dirt, what happens when you're shooting in 100-degree weather, and somebody and the wind throws a, a a full cup of dirt into your action. How your rifle shoots after the uh, the three hundredth or four hundredth round without cleaning it. Uh, you get to you get to learn all about that. You get to learn about how good you shoot at five o'clock on Sunday after you've been uh, working for twenty hours in the hot sun learning rifle marksmanship. You get to learn how you do how you how your body holds up along with how your rifle is holding up. Now, I don't, I don't want to scare anybody away because it's actually fun. Now, it's not going to be fun right then and there when you do it. It's going to be fun later when you talk about it to folks. Right then and there, it's going to be hell, but later on, it's going to be fun. Did I, did I still have everybody? Oh, yeah. Okay. 
Well, you guys jump in. How much fun it was when Blue Feather found out about cook-offs down at Deming. Did she have a cook-off? had a cook-off down there. <laughs> it was not an expected experience. What was shooting? Well, like I said, you're going to find out. Very rarely, most Americans, they go to the range, and uh, well, here's what they do. They go to the range, they, uh, they get set up, uh, and then they put up a target. If they even put up a target. Sometimes folks will, will put up a target. Other times they'll just set up a can or, uh, or even just some bottles or something. And then they shoot 20 rounds and they break the bottles or they get some holes in the paper uh, at uh, 50 yards or something like that or even 100 yards. And then they go, okay, well, uh, I've, kind of, uh, I've kind of run out of my, of my things to do. I've done uh, basically what I always do when I go to the range, and I don't, don't really know what I'm supposed to do now. Uh, in all actuality, I, I don't really know what I just did either. Uh, I know that I fired my rifle, but I gained no data from the experience, so I don't really know what I did. Well, we're going to change that for you. We're going to give you a, a list of things that you're supposed to do when you go to the range. Uh, we're going to give you instruction on how to teach yourself every time you go to the range. We're going to give you instruction on how to understand uh, what just happened whenever you met, when you fired the shot and uh, how to incorporate that data in your next shot. We're going to teach you all of these things. So n never again will you go to the range and be stuck there looking like a, a sad, clueless fellow. When you go to the range from now on after you attend an Appleseed event, You'll be able to strut right up to the line. You'll be able to put up some uh, marvelous, marvelously mysterious and provocative uh, AQT targets and red coat targets and shoot them. And while you're shooting them, you're going to look like you know what you're supposed to be doing. Other folks are going to envy you. Other folks are going to want to emulate you. Other folks will come up to you and tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, you look like you know what you're doing. Could you give me a hand? All right, and that's the seventh step in passing along the skills and techniques that we give you. Yes, by all means, give that person a hand. Help him to learn how to actually manipulate his rifle system. Another thing that's really interesting is when they see you laying down on the ground and they're sitting up at that concrete bench, what are you doing down there? I'm shooting like a rifleman. <laughs> That's a shocker for a lot of people. Yeah. You're not, you're not sitting at the bench. You're not using the sandbag. And, and uh, you know, you're, you're making us very nervous with that. So please, please stop that and, and, and get back to shooting like, like the rest of us. And you say, no, I'm going to show you how to shoot like a rifleman. I'm going to show you actually how to actually use your rifle as it was meant to be used. Did we lose Nickel? Did we lose you, Nickel? I think we did. He was starting to cut out, and uh, I think we must have lost him. I didn't. Uh, I didn't cut him off, so might have had a bit. When people see you out on the range, not sitting at that concrete bench, it draws attention right away. What is that guy doing? And you're standing there, and you're shooting. And you go down, you pull your target, put a new one up, and you bring that one back and set it on the bench. And they see, this guy's shooting better at standing than I am off the bench. What's going on? And they can learn that. And you can teach them. 
That's right. That's right. They will benefit from the knowledge, and you'll be doing what you are meant to do. When we talk about the Appleseed Project, that's exactly uh, part of what we're asking you to do, is to plant the apple seeds. When you go to a range, you shouldn't leave the range without talking to somebody. Uh, you shouldn't leave the range without leaving some uh, red coat targets or an AQT posted up there on the backers for somebody else, an unshot target, you know, post it for somebody else to use. And uh, let them get, uh, let them, you know, see the targets and hopefully that will draw them into the program. Take that 50-foot reduced target down to Staples, have them print you 100 copies for 9.95. leave a stack of them on the, on the counter at the range, Leave them stuck on the target holder, unshot, and let people challenge themselves. Let them try it. And write your phone number on the bottom of it so they can get a hold of you. Yeah, you can do that. You can put the, uh, it can even be as simple as, uh, you know, we had the bifold cards we used to put out. And uh, you can have the uh, sheet of paper with the uh, one-inch squares on it. And you can write the rifleman's challenge right there at the bottom. Uh, 10 rounds in 60 seconds from 25 meters, 82 feet. If you can do that, then you can you can shoot the uh, AQT, you can shoot at a rifleman score, then uh, you are uh, qualified as a rifleman. If not, we've got just a place for you on the Appleseed line in an event coming up near you. And give it the Appleseed uh, website, put your phone number on there. Let the folks see how... Uh, how, un, how how not so easy it is. Folks think that uh, when you shoot at 82 feet, that uh, that's just simple because they're they're used to shooting at uh, oh I don't know 800 thousand uh, uh, yards uh, stuff like that, and uh, and they're very uh, uh, they're very doubtful that shooting at 25 meters is going to do anything for anyone, and yet. When somebody sits down and tries to do it, just uh, to four minutes of arc standard, which is uh, all ten rounds in that little black square in 60 seconds from 82 feet, you begin to realize how difficult, in fact, it is. Uh, it's not an easy thing. If uh, For the folks that are talking about shooting sub-minute uh, of angle accuracy, then, heck, you can just cut that, uh, you can cut that square into four pieces and just post a little one-quarter inch square at uh, 25 meters and let them put all ten rounds inside that one-quarter inch square from 82 feet. That's one minute of angle uh, of accuracy right there. See if they can do that. <laughs> that, of course, is all the bullets through the same hole at uh, 25 meters. If they can do it. I want them to come out and help me teach. Exactly. Yeah, so, if they can do it, we want them to. Uh, we want them to to become instructors. Help the rest of us. You know, uh, I I need all the help I can get, and if I've got someone that can do that well, then I want them out with me helping to teach. So there's nobody too good that they can't participate in some way in this program. Something else that that, that we need to emphasize when we go out there. Uh, we have the benefit of the, of the best rifle salesmen in the world out there. We have a lot of people that went out and bought new rifles, 
and they don't really know how to use them at all. And maybe not safely, maybe not effectively, if we encourage those people that reacted to that salesman's pitch and have them come out to the range and give them an opportunity to learn a little bit about safety and how to use that thing safely and effectively, uh, we'll be doing the nation a big benefit. We need to take advantage of that. That man went out there and did all that trouble to sell those rifles, but we need to take advantage of that and encourage them people to come out and learn to use them safely and effectively. Well, that sounds great. <laughs> all right. Uh, now we've got a few more folks into the into the chat room here. A few more folks are also listening in live. I want to put out my request again for everyone uh, everyone who has uh, a contact with a range, please get in touch with a range if you haven't done so already. Get in touch with that range that uh, where there's been an apple seed event. Get them to uh, give you a recommendation letter if they were happy with the Appleseed program and uh, what we and with the experience that we brought there for them. Uh, have them write it up. Have them write it up in a letter as a letter of recommendation for us, and then uh, send a hard copy in to Ramser. You can find the address on the uh, AppleseedInfo.org homepage, and then send an electric, an electronic copy of it if you can into uh, uh, Fun Failure or myself on the forum. Uh, but we need those as soon as possible, please, so that we can have them in the, uh, on the range page. for the, When we contact ranges and uh, we ask them to host an event, that they have a place that they can go and look at and they can see the recommendations from the other ranges and know that it's okay and they don't have to be scared and they can read uh, what, a, uh, what a benefit the program was to their range. So for you folks, uh, for the rest of the instructors and stuff that have just showed up, uh, please get in contact with your ranges. And if you've already done so, great. Just make sure that you send the if – you, if you're still sitting on the copy uh, or on the, uh, still sitting on the letter, send it on in to us so that we can, uh, we can get our hands on it. Okay. Were you saying something there? Sam? Okay. Uh -huh. Hi, Scott. I was talking with a gentleman in the next car over here trying to get him to come out and shoot. <laughs> there you go. Seven-stepping uh, while you're driving. <laughs> That's great. A lot at the hospital, and and he happened to be sitting in the next car over, and I had to, I had to try. Well, that sounds great. So, once again, like I said, I don't want to run this in the ground. Actually, I do want to run it in the ground because, uh, because we've been working on this. I've been asking for these for... Uh, for the last year or so, and uh, we really, really need them, folks. So for all you guys that have been out doing the shoots at the different ranges, make sure that you talk to the range and say, uh, you know, ask in a polite fashion, listen, if you enjoyed what uh, Appleseed did here, if you think it was a benefit to your range, would you please consider giving us a uh, letter of recommendation from your range? And uh, then get those in to us, get, to, get it into a fun failure myself on the forum, and send a hard copy into Ramser. Uh, and uh, please do that as soon as possible. We're working on uh, uh, revamping the website now, and we really need that range page in. Uh, there's, a lot, there's a ton of stuff that we actually need. Uh, 
for the program right now, but that's one of the things that we need. We need that range page, I mean the range recommendations set in. Uh, so, please get those into us. Uh, also, and I've asked for this for the folks too there, but I can see I know that there's uh, several uh, veterans now on the in the chat room, and I'm sure there's quite a few listening. And you can uh, you can close your eyes and spin around in a crowd and throw your hat. And uh, usually uh, you have a, at least a 25% chance of it landing on a veteran, on a person who dedicated a portion of their life in defense of this country. Now, those folks have gone on to the apple seeds, and they've gone, to, uh, they've gone through the program, and they've seen what uh, the program does as far as teaching the instruction and stuff it gives. And I would like for the, the folks who are veterans, either active duty or, uh, uh, or past duty, if they could write a testimonial uh, about their apple seed experience, what they thought about it, uh, you know, before they came to the event, what, uh, and, and then, and then how it affected them, how they, uh, as far as the rifle marksmanship. I'll tell you my story is that uh, I am a veteran, and I did six years, and in those six years, uh, even though my main job was to be to defend my country. Uh, with my rifle, very little attention at all was paid uh, to how I was going to do that with my rifle. So uh, there would be times when in the course of uh, uh, a year, when I was stationed here in the States, where uh, there's hardly any shooting at all. I mean, you get uh, 40 rounds, I think, to qualify, and then maybe 20 rounds uh, of practice beforehand to zero. <clears throat> now... That's just not uh, that's just not in the in the best interest of a of a person uh, who is uh, who you're putting your faith in and defending the country with a rifle. So if we could get some testimonials from folks uh, from some veterans who've been to events and let them just say in their own words how they felt about the rifle marksmanship training, how they benefited from it, etc. And we can use those uh, to. Uh, to help us get uh, onto military bases and help us to train uh, the American military. And as you know, uh, veteran, I mean, uh, active duty uh, military, guard and reserve all shoot for free. So if you can get those testimonies in, we need that. We also are asking, in addition to that, for testimonials from women. Women who've been to events and how what they thought about it. If you've been to an event, if you're a woman and you've been to an apple seed event, uh, if you wouldn't mind uh, writing up just a short, uh, uh, you know, testimonial on it, what you thought about shooting before you went to an event, what you thought about it afterwards, how the instruction uh, was geared toward you, or, or how it wasn't. We're not asking you just to give us a, a whitewash. We're asking you to give a testimonial uh, which covers your actual uh, feelings of the event. And then send that in, too. Send that in to myself or to Fun Failure. There's also a, uh, a thread on that on the, uh, on the very first. When you go into the forum, on the very first uh, section of it, it'll see uh, Appleseed Promotions, how to promote Appleseed. In there is a thread for testimonials from uh, women, 
from church groups, from homeschoolers, etc. Anybody, any group like that that has uh, attended an event, uh, if you could come in and put your testimony, heck, we'll even just take it from just a regular guy going to an event. Take, give us your testimonial on it. I did it help you? Did it not? Uh, what worked? What didn't work? Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, we're going to end up putting some of these testimonials into the, uh, onto the homepage of the website so that folks who are wondering about the program said, listen, I'm a woman. I'm going to come and shoot. I'm a woman. Well, let, me, let me see what some of these other women said about the program. And, uh, and then they go and they can read the, uh, uh, they can read the testimony there. All right. Okay, let me see. Uh, okay. Mark, you're on the air. Welcome to the show. Hey, Scout. How are you, sir? I'm just dandy. How are you doing? Great, great. Well, hey, I was listening to you, and I hear you're a veteran. Thank you for your service. Uh, and thank you. Thank you, Mark, for your service. You know, as a matter of fact, uh, I'll tell you all that Mark and I just happened to uh, – I, I was talking to him at one of the events early on a couple of years ago, and we were talking about uh, things that we've done in the service and stuff like that. And and I, I don't remember how we did it, but it was, it was like, uh, yeah, you know, I was in such and such unit. I go, hey, I was in a, a unit just like that too. And he said, yeah, we did this. And I was like, oh, yeah, hey, we did that too. And yeah. like, what, what unit were you in? <laughs> and Mark told me that he was in uh, uh, G Company, 143 Airborne Rangers. I said, hey, I was in that unit too. <laughs> yeah. So we were both in the same unit, a few years apart. But we were both Jumping in the same unit. Jumping from airplanes when we were young and foolish. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for your service uh, to this oh. nation, Mark. And, and, the, and my thanks doesn't end uh, on your uh your ETS date, my thanks continues uh, from then on to here because you, you you are still in the service of your country as an Appleseed instructor. You are still dedicating yourself a huge amount of your time uh, in, the, uh, in safeguarding the rights and liberties of your country. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart for that, Mark. Well, same to you and uh, also everybody else in Appleseed as well. You know, uh, we have a lot of folks out there on the trail and doing their thing and really pushing a program. And, uh, yeah, they're all veterans to me. They're all do, working out there. Uh, well, hey, uh, I don't know if you saw the uh, forum, but, you know, Chad from Louisiana? Uh-huh. He has got some more dates set up. He has some in August, October, and December. Oh, I can't wait to go to Louisiana in August. Yeah, well, you know what? That's that biathlon I run with uh, Smokey Briggs. Man, I was hoping it wasn't going to be that weekend, and it's just it's the thing i got to do. However, I will be at the October and December. Listen, but, Mark, uh, I'll let you no, have the other. Normally I wouldn't do this, but I'm going to run the biathlon out in West Texas in your place for you so that you can do the, <laughs> the August and Louisiana sheet. <laughs> you know, I, I might take you up on that. <laughs> I don't know because why I do that. So. I think I would rather be in uh, West Texas and uh, uh, in the middle of the summer uh, running up the side of a mountain than, uh, than I would be uh, uh, in Louisiana in August. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, it, it, like I said, I just might take you up on that. I've been running in the sun lately in the afternoons, and I'm thinking, why do I do this? Why do I do this? But uh, 
I, every year I say it's going to be my last year. I just haven't stopped yet. But anyhow, those guys down there are rocking and rolling. And, uh, yeah, I think if you and maybe some of the Texas crew can get out there, and I know I'll get out there in October and December, Louisiana, like I've said before, those guys are on fire. Chad, Don, Austin, all them guys. I think they're going to be up and running by themselves very quickly. So that's a good thing. Right. Well, then uh, I'll be back. Uh, I'll be back from up north by August. So I'll, of course, take that one. And uh, this time uh, you won't be able to make it, but we'll round up a, a good posse. Uh, I'll start getting them ready now to uh, take out to Louisiana with us because, as you said, the guys were really uh, up and raring to go. And uh, I think that one of the uh, – and that surprised everybody at the last event because I don't think that they thought, uh, I don't think that we knew, and I don't believe that we knew that there was going to be that many folks that were going to show up uh, in Louisiana, but they did. They had a big crew <laughs> yeah. out there, and it ended up with just Mark and uh, Pop. And Pop. Mark and Pop to instruct them, and uh, we don't want to do that again. We want to give them uh, a good uh, compliment of instructors. Uh, yeah, and hey, let me give you a warning when you go down there, because Pop and I almost got lynched. When you start an apple seed, you cannot stop until it's dark. They don't believe in this 5 o'clock stuff if there's still daylight. Those folks in Louisiana will shoot till dark. So uh, listen, be ready for a long, long day. Listen, I'm the, I, you know me. I'm all for <laughs> that. I'm all for that. I'm the one that has to be, that Mark and everybody else has to say, uh, hey, listen, it's 530, everybody's <laughs> hot and tired. And I go, okay, okay, you know, there's still the three hours of sunshine left. We could still be shooting. and uh, But that's me, and I'm usually wrong, you know. I'm usually wrong because usually the folks are indeed by 5 or, or o'clock or so on Sunday uh, here at the Ranger in Texas. They are usually uh, at the very end of their endurance. Uh, yeah, it's and, tough. But they're not Cajuns either. <laughs> yeah, so I'm sure that if they had lived a life uh, uh, What does that song say If they had lived a life Where their daddy had used them For alligator bait Then uh, they would be They would be more sturdy <laughs> Well I look forward to that then Because uh, Oh yeah Because I, like I said I love When I start When I go to an Appleseed event I love uh, I, I love it. I love instructing. I love interacting with the folks, uh, even if it's even if I'm on fire uh, as far as uh, being burned up by the sun and the heat or dust or rain or mosquitoes. I, I still I love it. I mean I love the whole experience because I'm surrounded by other folks like me. I'm surrounded by other Americans who have a desire to learn uh, rifle marksmanship, who have a desire, a strong desire, to hear the history of their nation. And you know as well as I that when the folks go to the Appleseed events, and, uh, and Sam's still on the line, so I know he's, he's listening to this too, and I know that he's experienced the same thing too, and that is folks at the end of an event a lot of times on Sunday will tell me, listen, wow, uh, I've never uh, had that amount of rifle marksmanship instruction uh, given to me in a comprehensive, uh, learnable manner. I, I, you know, I've learned more than I've, in, in these two days, and I've learned in the last uh, 30, 40, 50, 60 years uh, in my shooting life. But 
that wasn't the high point. The high point was the history. To listen to you guys talk about the history, to listen to the passion, how strongly you believe in those men and women who sacrificed for our nation, that was the high point. That's what I'll come back for. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, and I've told so many people before, I remember when uh, uh, I first came across Fred's articles back in, I guess, early 2000, late 90s, and uh, I bought his AQTs back when they came in sets of fours, and I, you know, I've given up on those things. They were fun, but, you know, I put them away. It was when I came to the boot camp and learned, but what really got me hooked was the history. It was just, it's amazing, and finally, people who think like I do, you know, we're not alone. There's the people are out there, and that is what really has me here in Appleseed. The shooting is just icing on the cake. Right. So, but um, yeah, it's, it's good stuff. I, I'm really happy with it. Uh, hey, uh, did you get my message about Corpus? Uh. Well, it's it's not all bad. I cannot uh, make a Friday. Uh, I know you're doing the radio show. <laughs> I wanted to get there Friday. Uh, work has me doing a, a, a pistol thing, and I'll be getting off that late Friday night, and I'll be getting sometime in Corpus. I'll be there early or late Friday night. At, you know, I'm going to grab a hotel, and I'll be at the range Saturday morning ready to roll. So we're okay there. The only thing I'm going to miss out is your little uh, radio promo, which is too bad, but what are you going to do? Well, that's all right. Uh, we'll just... Uh We'll crowd in the radio station uh, anyway, and I was expecting uh, Pop to call in, but I haven't heard anything from him. I was hoping that he would call in and uh, uh, and say something. I got somebody else on the line here, though. Let's uh, let's bring them on. It might be Pop. <clears throat> okay, Erico three hundred four. You're on the line. You're on the air, rather. Well, well, hello. This is Marietta from Hi, Wild Marietta. West Virginia. Hello, Marietta. I'm doing pretty Welcome. good. Welcome to the show. Hi. Well, thank you. This is the first time I've called in, so I'm kind of tongue-tangled and don't quite know what to say, but people were well, encouraging me to call in, so here I am. Well, good. You'll fit in You'll fit in with Mark and I. We're both oh, cool. Yeah, I, I, I never <laughs> know what to say. I just call in and just make up something. I'm sitting here in my scorching hot bedroom and. uh and my eyes are filling up with sweat, and I have to keep rubbing them. And I to, I've got a towel here too, because if hey, I don't if I don't keep the towel ready, then I end up uh, dribbling on the keyboard when I try and type on it. Well, you know that uh, rather anti-American store that has WM initials has ninety-eight dollar air conditioners for small rooms. Uh, well, I actually have some. I think I've got a stack of air conditioners outside uh, uh, in the barn, but uh, <laughs> but it, it went out. Uh, Nine minutes before the show, the air oh. went out. Nine oh. minutes before the show, and I was out there looking at it. I said, "You know, I don't have, I don't have time to, uh, no, <laughs> to get my tools out and take a look at this and see what's going on. I'm just going to have to walk inside. I'm going to have to sit mm-hmm. there, and uh, and it uh, it only takes uh, oh probably ten minutes, yeah, for the uh, the temperature. I keep the the uh, thermostat on eighty five, and uh, mm-hmm. since it's so hot all the time, uh, mm-hmm. eighty five. Seems like it's you know a nice cool temperature inside, <laughs> which is okay. But it only takes about ten or fifteen minutes for it to go up to. Let's see, what is it now? It is ninety-seven. Yeah. So ninety-seven degrees with no wind, 
in my little apple seed sweat lodge. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> well, how are you doing? Give us a uh, give us a report on the apple seed that you just went to, because I know the one you in were Iowa? the Iowa shoot. Uh huh. Oh, that that's ancient news, I would think. Uh, um, it is. It, it is maybe for you, but there's a lot of people who haven't heard about it yet, okay. and uh, we'll listen to your your angle on it. Okay, it's. Uh, I was quite disappointed in myself. Uh, for the listeners who don't know, I'm 56 years old. Um, I've got arthritis and multiple sclerosis. Well, fiddles. Did you lose me? No, I'm there with you. I can okay, you. I just had a recording that says I'm not now off the host queue. But anyway, I've got multiple sclerosis and uh, been in a couple bad car wrecks that I'm kind of messed up. But you wouldn't look at, wouldn't know what to look at me. I'm not severely physically impaired. But my joints are, and my muscles are. <laughs> oh man! So it, it's well, it's one of those things I will never ever be able to be an instructor because I can't pass the test. I can't do the test to pass the test. Right. Um, so I go to an apple seed with a slightly different perspective, maybe than most people. Is number one, I want to learn to shoot better and more accurate without any scopes. Um, and number two, I enjoy the people, and I respect what the program is trying to do, and I'm going to do everything I can to support it other than be an instructor. But that aside, because of my physical limitations, um, when I travel, I'm usually wasted the next day, and that's what happened when we went to Iowa. So we drove. How was your trip? It was, uh, I got up at 4 a.m., got up on the road at 8 got to Ohio to Columbus to pick up Dink, and she was in a uh, a meeting, uh, a national-level meeting, so we had to wait for that to get over, which was a couple hours. Then she had to uh, do her stuff and come over where I was at, and then we I followed her to um, uh, outskirts of Dayton, Ohio, and we picked up Pebbles, and at that location, we loaded both of them's gear into my car. And Dink says she's always amazed how much my car will hold <laughs> because it's it just holds a lot. But anyway, I'm always amazed at how much Dink's car holds. Um, <laughs> this is true, but now add her stuff, my stuff, which I had a, a 14, 12 by 14 tent, the stove, the coffee pot, the whole schmear, along with my shooting stuff, plus Pebble stuff and her bedding and stuff. So. We were loaded. Um, oh, I bet you, you still could have fit in all the stuff out of the guy's car, I bet. It had been close. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, at that point, we headed out for Iowa, and we didn't get there until 3 a.m. So I had a really long day behind the wheel. I drove straight through point A, point B, point C kind of thing, and... I went in the house that night at the uh, the host's invitation. I laid on the bed and just expired. <laughs> I did. I took my shoes off. That was it. I just died. Now I got up at five because I'm a proverbial earlier riser, so I had like two hours sleep. And uh, I thought, well, if I'm going to shoot today, I got to get my tent up because at the end of the day, I'll be too late. Yeah. And so I real quick went out and popped tin up, and uh, by then, I was really so wasted, I didn't know which way was up. I couldn't hardly think straight, I couldn't hardly move, everything was screaming in pain, 
And I thought, well, if I don't stop and rest today, I may not be able to drive home. So I sat Saturday out, much to my disappointment. I got to watch everybody when they gathered and visited and everything and uh, the manservant hauled all their gear and all the ladies down to the firing range because it was quite a, a trek down there, I'd say close to a half a mile out through a hay field with uh, hay printing near up to your armpits and uh, pretty warm too. <laughs> it was a nice little range when we got there, don't get me wrong, but it was quite a trek to get to it and a heck of a trek to get back out of it because it was downhill. Um, but the ladies really enjoyed their day shooting. They come up for lunch, and then they come up after at the end of the day, and everybody was real pleased and talking about what they'd done and not done and what they were happy with and what they weren't happy with and just visiting in general like everybody does. And uh, the host had built two brand-new gargantuous picnic tables for everybody to congregate at, so it was real easy for everybody to visit out there. And poor Dink, she was inside the house doing uh, IIT reports and just working nonstop. But uh, <clears throat> when she did get to come out, she got to visit with people too. And the camaraderie in, amongst the ladies was amazing. I mean, it's like everybody was afraid that the other girls were all going to be about their hairdo and their fingernails, and nobody was. <laughs> that was really cool. <laughs> you know, it's it's like we're, we women that participate in Appleseed, my impression is we're not necessarily about our hairdo and our fingernails. Not that we can't be, but we're not just about that. Um, right. You, like I said, it, it, even if you were, an apple seed, you're not, and uh, right, and right. That is I mean, a there's a time room. and place for everything, you know. And my impression was, any of us could put on the dog if we wanted to, but we weren't there to do that. We were there to learn about apple seed and learn about how to shoot and our weapon and so on and so forth. And that's what what everybody was expressing. Um, you hear so many people say, "Well, you don't want to get in a bunch of women. It'll be cat fights and all kinds of crap." Well, there wasn't any of that. Oh, <laughs> you know, and that's, that's cool. You know, and this is from a woman's perspective, so maybe you guys don't appreciate it, but a lot of women stay away from women for those reasons. <laughs> well, now was this your first apple seed? It was no. This is my third one. Your third one, okay. All right. Mhm. So it wasn't a uh, totally new experience. So. On Sunday, I did get to go out and shoot. I do have one question um, from the experienced people. Um, I'm not the best shooter in the world with open sights, and I was using uh, Broken Slings uh, 1022 with the tech sights, and he kind of tossed it at me and said, here, use this. And so I did, just because. And uh, the lady next to me um, was also shooting a... a 10:22, and I'm trying to figure this gun out, not knowing where to where to put the pumpkin or or anything, and uh, the um, casings from the gal next to me were landing on my arm. Um, with the 10:22 he handed me, I shot a 141 and then a 181, and I've got about 16 burn marks on my arm. I might have made riflemen that day, but I didn't. <laughs> okay, well, I have two answers for you. One is when you're using tech sites. The tech sites are set up just like the uh, the sites on yeah, the. Yeah, he showed uh, me. He did a graphic line. draw. Yeah, he did a graphic drawing between the AQTs to show me. Okay, so good. So you know you have that's how I got the 181. 
Right. You yeah. have imaginary crosshairs mm-hmm. uh, through the, the site. And I'm doing this because other people might have this same okay. question. I know that you that you got it figured out, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell the rest of the people that yeah. might have the same question. You have imaginary crosshairs that you put into the rear circle peep site. All right? And in, into that uh, imaginary crosshairs, you take the front sight and you raise it centered until the top of the front sight connects with the uh, imaginary horizontal line so that you have an exactly centered uh, front sight in the crosshairs, the imaginary crosshairs of the rear peep sight. Then you, take, you place the top of your front sight that you're focusing on right at the base of your target where it touches the base of your target. And that is your uh, sight alignment and sight picture for that. Now, now we'll get to the rifleman's bubble. Yeah. Uh, in the <laughs> rifleman's bubble, and it sounds uh-huh. like you did a good job because uh, if you weren't in the rifleman's bubble, you'd only have one shell casing burn mark. All right. <laughs> you got 16 of them, so that tells yeah. me that you were that you were actually <laughs> practicing <trying. laughs> the rifleman's bubble. In the rifleman's bubble, all you your <clears throat> your focus shifts down. So that whenever you are ready to make the shot, there is nothing uh, between you and the target. There is the, your focus is totally on the target. You let nothing else come into your uh, little circle inside your bubble except making the next shot. That's the most important thing in your life at that moment. The last shot you made, forget about it. It is meaningless. The last 1,000 shots you made, forget about them. They are also meaningless. The hot brass... When that hot brass pops out of that rifle next to you and it lands on your arm and your arm is a little bit wet from being sweaty and it sticks to your arm and it begins to sizzle and smoke Tell comes me. up from it and people around you are screaming in horror uh, from the smell of the burning flesh, you don't move because to you that is meaningless. The only thing that matters to you right at that point is making that shot. And well, like unfortunately, that's what Unfortunately, I did move. That's why I couldn't make the next shot. I scored a 50 on the top target, and then I got, uh, I'd have to get the paper out and look at it, but I hit some of the uh, first target on the second line down, but the second and third target, and up until the last row, I didn't hit squat. You know, it's like well, you if you weren't in the Rossman's bubble, then you weren't doing a very good job of hopping no, around. No, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. I just happened on top, on the very top one, I got a 50, and on the bottom row, I did fairly well. But apparently, when she was in her position for the very top target, the casings were not hitting me. But when she would shift her position, then the cases started hitting me. And then we got down to the bottom row, and they stopped hitting me again. Based on her position and how she's holding her rifle, I suppose. So my question is, or, or leading up to, is um, there? I've never seen any uh, barriers or anything that uh, the instructors or ITs can put up between the shooters with this issue. Is there something else I can do besides wear long sleeve clothes in 100-degree weather? What was she shooting? I presume a 10-22. I didn't look that close. Oh, okay. So it was just another rimfire. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, there's, two, there's a couple of things you can do. If you have enough uh, room on the line then, uh, and this is uh, causing you uh, difficulties, then you can uh, ask the shoot boss to adjust y'all's, uh, your shooting positions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if need be, he can move you down, uh, you know, move everybody down a little bit mm-hmm. so that uh, the rifle isn't... Uh, uh, ejecting casings onto you. Uh, if it is, 
if it's possible, we can completely move you to another position uh, so that uh, you're not getting hit by the brass. Mm -hmm. Sometimes uh, uh, folks will have like a shooting bag or something sitting there, and I'll just stick a clipboard in it okay. so that uh, so it deflects the brass from that mm -hmm. person. Okay, so but you it, have it's to hard wait to say sometimes because a lot of yeah. rifles don't always throw the brass in the same right. direction. They're yeah, this is the first them. time. Yeah, this is the first time it's ever happened, and I wasn't sure how to handle it. And uh, I've not talked to any any of the instructors since then. And I thought, well, that would might be a good question for other people if they had the situation on the line. You don't uh, stop the fire. You fit. You let everybody finish their AQT or whatever they're shooting. And then you request assistance from the shoot boss, right? Okay. Right, and uh, and I guess now here's a, here's where there would be a difference between uh, if there was a woman on the line because if it was a guy, I would just say hush up, sissy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, rub it in, rub it in. <laughs> the, actually, the ejection of the shells are supposed to eject uh, to the right and forward, mm -hmm. so that even when you're next to a person like that, they're actually not supposed to be hitting you. They're supposed to be crossing uh, just forward of your position and low. Uh, normally they won't come into your line of sight. Normally they'll go forward and low of your line of sight. But, you know, all rifles are a little bit different, and you, and you mm -hmm. can't tell exactly until, they, until no, you start seeing the ejection pattern from right. a rifle where it's going to eject. So ask right. the shoot boss, say, listen, uh, this brass is, uh, is causing me some grief. Would you uh, would you shift my position? I'm a pansy. Position? I'm a wimp. No, you don't have to say that. I'm just kidding. I don't. I don't call people sissy. Uh, not not all the time. Uh, <laughs> ask them to shift your position or to shift that rifle a bit so that mm -hmm. it is not interfering with you. Right. And uh, they'll be they'll usually be very glad to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if uh, even if the line is completely filled up, uh, as a shoot boss, I would just look at the line and say, okay, I would get uh, I would move you. And I would get pick a, a big burly guy, and I would move him over there to where the rounds were hitting him, and then I would dare him to say something. <laughs> You're mean. <laughs> Go ahead and say something. Squeal out in pain, you sissy. <laughs> the day was very, very good. Um, I, I keep wanting to call him the manservant because that's what they called him the whole thing, but I think his handle's broken sling. Broken sling, right. Yeah, he was excellent. I mean, he, he waited on his hand and foot as best he could. He must have run up and down that hill a hundred times, hauling this water and ice and getting forgotten equipment and this and that and the other. I can't say what a great help he was. I mean, he really was. And yeah, I read the all, AARs, all the ladies, everybody was very complimentary. Yeah, everybody really, really appreciated him, and he took all the abuse in good spirits and did comment that he didn't question his manhood manhood at one iota to be treated that way. <laughs> Which, <laughs> well, have you been keeping in touch with the uh, the rest of the group? That, uh, that I put a lot of them that I could remember their handles on my buddy list, but I've not directly contacted any of them yet because I'm not sure what everybody's doing and what to say and all this kind of stuff because it's all new to me. Um or just stay in contact with them, and mm -hmm. you know, you don't. It doesn't have to be any big long note or anything. Just to right. you know, just to stay in contact, give each other, uh, you know, support mm -hmm. uh, in this. And I also wanted to tell you that. Listen, uh, I know that uh, that you've been given uh, some extra things to deal with, uh, and. Uh, 
And because of that, you may not make uh, an instructor. No, but I, I can't. That doesn't go mean that you cannot be an instructor uh, anyway. That you cannot still continue on in the seventh step. You don't have to have a red hat or an orange hat uh, to uh, tell the folks next to you at the shooting range mm-hmm. uh, how to uh, uh, make the shot by the six steps. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be a, an instructor uh, to uh, pass out a flyer and say, "Look, <clears throat> this is good for you. This is good for the country." And uh, you don't have to be an instructor to call into a radio show like you just did well, now. Well, you know, that, that, that's interesting because, uh, you know, those big brown cardboard boxes of flyers that Fred gives out? Mm-hmm. I, I hauled two of them back from Ramsher and passed them all out <laughs> in West Virginia. Well, that's good then because <laughs> that, I, I'm telling you, you don't have to be an instructor. You don't have to be a member. Uh, you don't even have to have been to an Appleseed to be an ambassador to be mm-hmm. able to, to no, spread the no, word. No, absolutely about not. The the whole thing with Appleseed is to get the word out, to encourage people to attend, to go to those people. If like there's a club or an organization or a range with membership or something, don't sit back on your laurels. Go talk to them. Usually, clubs like that are always looking for a guest speaker. Because they ran out of what to say to each other. Right. And if you can let them know you exist and let them know that you are not bashful to come speak to them about Appleseed, um, explain what Appleseed is, explain the mission statement of Appleseed, if you will, whatever is appropriate for the setting in all reality, um, but to go to these clubs, gun clubs, I mean, almost every county or town has one around here. I don't know about the rest of the country. But go to these clubs and tell them, hey, if you guys need guest speakers for your any of your meetings, give me a holler. I'm available. We'll talk about Appleseed, this new project I'm involved in. You know, And a lot of times they'll take you up on it. Uh, the Rotary Clubs are always looking for speakers. That's right, Rotary Clubs, mm-hmm. the Sons of the American Revolution, the Daughters yep. of the American Revolution. Mm-hmm. Every one of these clubs are hungry yep. for guest speakers. I'm telling you, Absolutely. you walk they in are... there and you say, listen, uh, I would like to speak, and they they may not do it that month or the next, No, you but let... they will uh, put you on the list, mm-hmm. and they can usually they'll even put you on uh, what they call the emergency list mm-hmm. uh, because a lot of the folks at the SAR and DARs are mm-hmm. – yeah, but if you want to go on the emergency list, you got to be willing to go at the drop of a hat. That's right. That's because somebody canceled and they got a three-alarm fire to replace them. That's right. And uh, so you can always put yourself on that list and say, mm-hmm. listen, I'm, uh, you know, I'm ready, I'm willing, I want to talk about the program, mm-hmm. I want to tell you guys how it can benefit you, and mm-hmm. I'm telling you, they will let you on. Absolutely, especially if you uh, present yourself in the same manner that they, well, how do I say this? Um, what I run into in West Virginia, I mean, we've got the rep, rep, reputation from deliverance and all kinds of crap. Um, you get some holler folks here. So if you're dealing with uh, business people, don't go dressed in your camos kind of thing. You know, go dressed like you are their equal, if you will, or better, but not too much better. You don't have to wear a tuxedo. But if you want them to uh, open their ears after their eye lands on you, you need to appear safe to them. Right. Well, if you if you want to present yourself as a professional, you're going to have to look mm-hmm. like exactly. A professional. That's what a professional I'm professional doesn't to say. go with uh, 
uh, you know, raggedy jeans and a T-shirt, uh, et cetera. Yeah, or the, you the know, old, a professional I mean, looks like a professional. Right. Uh, not the O.D. green camo, cam, not camo, O.D. green uh, army jacket and holy blue jeans and whatnot. It, it's not necessarily how you want to present yourself because their ears will close, their mind will close, and that's not what you want to happen. Right, you and want, the, luckily, fortunately, we get very few... <laughs> Of uh, of that type at mm-hmm. the Appleseed events. Yeah, but I don't know the... who's listening, and I and I'm probably offending someone. And believe me, offending someone is the last thing I want to do. Hey, well, listen. What if, I you're want the, if you're in the Appleseed is... program, get used to offending people. Uh, well, what I want to do is help people learn how to be more effective, and that's why I say this. Um, a few people know it, but I'm the president of a nonprofit organization that's international and I won't mention the name of it because I'm not here to plug it but that's just a background Um, we've had to go through this kind of training and stuff to allow the public to hear our message if you will so I'm not going to say I'm an expert at it but I've been given enough tips that I would love to pass on but I don't want to shove it down nobody's throat and I don't want your listeners to think I'm being offensive because that's not my intent. Right. Well, I tell you what you can do is uh, you can. I'll contact you. I'll contact you, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll set up a thread on the forum. Okay. Uh, specifically, specifically for that. Okay. As far as uh, in the how to promote apple seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's board. it's not it's not just what Appleseed wants you to say, it's how you present yourself, and that's what I was trying to say. Is it's a, it's a two, it's multi multifaceted presentation presentation, in that you're not only selling Appleseed, but you have to sell yourself before your listeners or your audience will listen to your message. Oh no, yeah, yeah, you're you're, you're exactly right. And whenever I go to a uh, uh, when I go to a board meeting to present. Mm-hmm. To the uh, the board, uh, I'm in suit and tie, mm-hmm. and uh, I have my shoes polished, and I've got my hair cut and uh, fresh shave, and uh, because I want them to understand that I am a professional, and that uh, the organization is a professional organization. Well, it's not just that. Also, on an even more basic level, it indicates that you respect yourself and you respect them. Right. Well, we'll set you up a thread, and uh, and that can be a, a way that you can help folks mm-hmm. uh, prepare themselves. And you, I'll talk to uh, Stacy about this through Funfailer and see if uh, uh, you sound like you would be a good candidate for the ambassador program that we have. <laughs> <laughs> what? I think that you would be. Uh, okay. You could, because uh, we do have, we have in a program of uh, what we call the Appleseed Ambassadors, mm-hmm. and uh, they're made up of folks who represent the organization, and uh, they do exactly what you're talking about. They mm-hmm. are ambassadors and liaisons with other organizations, and that's what they do. Uh, mm-hmm. And we ask them to uh, present themselves in a professional way to these groups and mm-hmm. and to uh, represent the organization and make uh, new contacts with mm-hmm. folks and, and handle that. And once they've made the new contacts and the uh, organization is uh, is satisfied with uh, 
uh, with that person and with uh, and comfortable with uh, having a, a meeting or something like that, then they will help set it up. And then, uh, uh, if necessary, they'll take the meeting or they will mm-hmm. hand it mm-hmm. off to someone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but does that sound like something you'd like to do? Sure. Well, okay, I don't we'll mind helping. Up. Wasn't that hard? <laughs> <laughs> Are you still there, Mark? Yeah, I'm. I'm still here. You know, uh, one Marietta, she's doing a great job here. She said she wasn't sure she had anything to talk about, and I've been listening to the whole thing. <laughs> well, she's been on here a hundred times before, and I'm also kind of laughing to myself about the camouflage. You know, I'm really pulling back from that over the last couple of years. But if you look at my closet, there's really no more camouflage. But all my clothes are brown, black, tan, mm-hmm. whatever. So I still have that pattern, but. Uh, my wife's trying to help me out of that. I have some well, blues in there now, and I think a yellow shirt. Yeah, that's because so. you like earth tones, don't you? know, there's nothing wrong with that. You're a down to earth kind of guy. Yeah, they're they're just not so mixed up anymore. Before they had, you know, they're pretty much woodland or something. But I've gotten <laughs> away from that. <laughs> hey, I saw Karen well, just uh, signed on. Hello, Karen. Yeah, she's on the chat room. I just ain't seen her in a while. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I'd like to uh, thank her. I just. Uh, Send her a message in the chat room, too, for, for showing up. Karen has been uh, with us here since the beginning, and we're still trying to uh, to get her m- more deeply involved in the program. We're slowly uh, sucking her into uh, to getting involved with the program and setting up a shoot in her area and uh, and then becoming an instructor. And, uh, and, uh, and we'll do it. We'll get it. We'll get her in there. And... Uh, I want to give her the thanks because she's always, uh, always here, always helping out mm-hmm. on the forum, and uh, and God bless her that uh, that she does because uh, we certainly appreciate that. Uh, I'm not even sure. I, I know I do have some camo somewhere. I think I still have my old, uh, uh, my old one set of uh, camos. Ah, oh, uh, come on now, Scout. Honestly, I don't have camo. Even I've got I've got uh, fall camo. I've got winter camo. I've got spring camo. Don't give me that. I think the only camo the only camo that I have is uh, uh, I have a a a set of my the fatigues that I was issued that still have the uh, the Ranger patch on them from uh, the G Company Rangers, the Long Range Reconnaissance Patrol Unit. Uh, It's somewhere. (laughs) It's somewhere in the the closet. I can guarantee you it doesn't fit me anymore. Mm-hmm. And, uh, That's what I was going to ask you. <laughs> well, you know I, what I, could, I discovered? I could squeeze into it, but I bet I couldn't get the buttons shut. <laughs> you know what I discovered? <laughs> What's that? In the location where I hunt, and I my because of my physical situation, I don't hunt just anywhere and everywhere. I can't do uh, herd runs or stuff like that anymore. But I, I sit and I hunt, and if you are sitting still and move slow, if you do have to move, deer colorblind. They don't care if you're wearing camo or not. And I've shot more deer wearing Carhartts than I have camo. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, I really don't. I think that besides my uh, uh, besides my old unit fatigues, I think that I have. Uh, well, I know that I have two range suits. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of the old military rain suits, and I think that those are camoed. Other than that, I, I guess I, I'm, I, I know I'm, uh, I'm ruining my reputation here by admitting <laughs> that admitting I don't have any camo, but I don't. Now, I do have, uh, I've got, uh, I think I've got an old pair of Swedish uh, 
motorcycle pants, uh, you know, from the Swedish military. And then I've got the heavy wool ones. Yeah, with the suspenders. I have those too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're great. Uh, You know, nice and comfy and warm. Uh, And I've got a, uh, uh, let's see, I've got an old, uh, I got two of the old OD jackets. Uh, One must be, uh, one must be the out the shell for a, uh, uh, for a huge. Uh, winter jacket or something because it's absolutely huge. But I like it because I can put it on. I can actually even put it on over my uh, my backpack and everything else, and uh, and and crouch down. And it's almost like my own little mini tent. But it's not camouflage. <laughs> it's just it's OD green. So like I said, I, I I feel I feel bad. I feel like uh, I'm a loser. <laughs> no, you're not a loser. <laughs> I'm just spoiled. Now, the tent I take with me is because I take my whole half my house with me. I'm an espresso coffee nut, so um, I bring my camp stove and my little espresso coffee pot and make my coffee in the morning so I can get my eyes open. And uh, I've got uh, two air beds because I've offered for other people to sleep in the tent with me if they're on a shoot and need a place to sleep. I bucked with dink a couple times, and I decided I couldn't rough it on the ground, so I had to do something. So I set myself with, up with a twin-size air mattress and a queen-size air mattress in case I can ever talk my dear husband into going with me, but so far no luck on that. He said somebody has to stay home and feed the birds and the cats and the dogs. <laughs> Well, uh, as I said, don't you know? We there's a place for everyone in the program. I mean, mm-hmm. we have a place for everybody in the program. If you are a uh, tech person, like you have the ability to write code and stuff like that, then uh, we can use you. We're revamping the website, so get in touch with Graybeard on the forum. And uh, and see if he needs the help there. Uh, if you can uh, uh, do the stuff uh, that uh, uh, Marietta is talking about, then come on the forum, uh, talk to uh, Funfailer, and become one of the Appleseed ambassadors and uh, and help us out there. If you uh, would want to instruct, we always need instructors, but we need every single skill that everyone has. If you're an artist. Uh, we could use you uh, in uh, developing flyers and T-shirts, etc. Uh, no matter what you do, there's a place for you in the program because this program is designed uh, for Americans and for us to help each other as Americans. Mm-hmm. So there's a place for every single person that can help out. So mm-hmm. the fact that that you can't be an instructor, and there, listen, there's a lot of folks that can't be. For one reason or another, I've got mm-hmm. guys that uh, that would uh, like to to be more involved as instructors and stuff, and they're and a lot of them are veterans, mm-hmm. and they have a really hard time because they happen to have been shot to pieces mm-hmm. uh, in defense of the country, right? And uh, they can't do it. We've got an instructor, uh, Old Grunt, who yeah. was just barely able to do it himself because, uh, as I said, you know, Old Grunt was a is a veteran. And uh, he got shot the rag dolls himself, uh, or uh, actually he was blasted. And uh, for him to do the uh, the positions and stuff is a definite pain. Mm-hmm. And uh, and who knows? Uh, God willing, he'll be able to continue on with the program uh, for you know for a good deal longer. But mm-hmm. we don't know that. 
you know, right. and uh, and I appreciate him devoting his time and uh, and you know, and the and the the pain and grief it causes him when he does it. Mm-hmm. So we don't. Our, and of course, our uh, our goal is to torture as few people as we can. <laughs> uh, even though it's almost uh, it's almost like ninety nine percent on Saturday mornings, uh, you know, when they start at the events, because uh, and there was even a thread recently about it that said uh, uh, apple seed as an exercise program. I think that was yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> Uh, promoted as an exercise program. Yeah, promoted <laughs> yeah. as an exercise program. Because mm-hmm. people don't realize, they think, uh, uh, as I said, you know, most folks think going to the range or going to shooting, you're going to go and you're going to shoot, you're going to sit down at the bench and shoot, uh, you know, maybe 20 rounds. And mm-hmm. uh, and then you're done. Everything is, you know, good. And mm-hmm. then uh, you head home. They don't realize that uh, we're talking about uh, eight to ten hour days uh, mm-hmm. in multiple positions, up and yeah. down. Up right. and down, seated, right. standing, prone. Yeah. See, I can do the prone, and I can do the. And I, I've not practiced it a lot, but I, I know I can do the standing. But I absolutely cannot. My knees and my hips. I tried it once, and that was it. I mean, my right knee and my right hip did not want to be part of my body any longer. <laughs> uh, hey, listen, the way it felt, my body didn't want them either. <laughs> listen, I understand completely. Now, I have uh, the beginnings of. Uh, uh, some arthritis problems, I'm sure. It takes me, a lot of times in the morning, it'll take me an hour or two hours to uh, to get my hands to uh, obey all of my commands because uh, I've broken them up so many times. I've busted all of my the bones in all my hands, and now I'm getting paid back for it. Mm-hmm. And I also have, uh, oh, I think I have, I've got five uh, broken vertebrae. And, you know, they're broken in a, in a fashion where they, the pieces are far enough apart that they, they couldn't heal back right on a couple of them, and one of them got mm-hmm. completely crushed. So whenever I initially got into the seated position, I'll tell you what I did. I, I it was so uncomfortable. Uh, I think that I just squeezed the trigger over and over until I'd empty the magazine. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, I had, might as well, you're there. <laughs> you know, I said, I, you know what, I, all I really care about is getting out rid of these rounds so I can get out of this position because mm-hmm. uh, it was terrible. Yeah. But over the course of about a month, uh, I finally got to where I could sustain the position. And now, we'll tell you, too, at Appleseed, is that none of the positions are ever going to be comfortable. They'll probably never be comfortable. Yeah. And we don't, we're never going to uh, give you the illusion that they will be comfortable. What we ask you to seek is a sustainable position, mm-hmm. right. uh, a sustainable shooting position. And uh, you can usually get to it. Now, I'm not talking about you, but I'm talking about you normally – uh, mm-hmm. If you don't have uh, any extra stuff, then you can usually get to that after about uh, 10 to 14 days of getting uh, down into the position and practicing it. And what you do is you don't you don't get in a position and sit there until tears are streaming down your cheeks because that will eventually turn you off. What you do is you get down in a position, you count to 10, right? Then you get out, and that's it. You don't even think about it until the next day. The next See, day you I, get can, down in I position. can get down into position, but I can't get out. The pain is so intense. Right. And then well, I can't stand up afterwards. I mean, I'm like a 100-year-old woman all crouched over trying to walk with my nose halfway down to my knees uh, looking for somewhere to sit down and take the pressure off of my my hips and my knees. Right. So it, it's I can do prone. I've found comfortable in prone, comfortable enough to shoot well. 
Um, and if you've ever been to a shoot with me, I'm the one that never stands up or sits down. I just stay down on the ground. <laughs> right. Um, because that's where I can deal with it. Um, when I get to where I understand um, the six steps uh, adequately enough to do them instinctively instead of have to think about them and fire 50 or 100 rounds before they all come together, then I'm going to concentrate on doing the standing position. Right. Um, but that's just because I know I'm never going to be able to be rifleman or never going to be able to be a, an instructor. I'm not worried about going through the prone sitting standing positions in the time limits. I still shoot exactly what the rest of them are shooting, but I just don't jump up and down. Yeah, and listen, let me clear up another thing too here because it it was one of the titles of the of the program tonight, and that's living the life of a rifleman. So let me under, let me let you know right now that. What you said, and you corrected it, so you didn't say it wrong, is that you can never be a rifleman because that's wrong. All right, You don't have to get in all the positions to be a rifleman. You don't have to shoot two ten or above to be a rifleman. And the inverse of that is that just because you shot two ten or above on the, and on the AQT and you have the green patch that says rifle, that does not make you a rifleman. That makes you a person who has scored two ten or above on the rifleman's AQT. Mm-hmm. Okay? Living the life of a rifleman is a is a world of difference apart than mm-hmm. uh, scoring two ten or above on right. the AQT. You can live the life of a rifleman every day of your life with uh, without ever even shooting a rifle. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't. Uh, uh, I'm not going to uh, uh, advise that, <laughs> uh, but uh, but you can do it. I'm not going to recommend that you never shoot a rifle, but uh, you can live the life of a rifleman uh, without shooting a rifle. Uh, you can't attain the rifleman's patch, and you can't uh, uh, you can't put that on your nifty jacket. But you can live the life of a rifleman, which is a thousand times more important than shooting two ten or above on the AQT. Mm-hmm. Scout, you're absolutely right there. Uh, you can live the life of the rifleman. You can find where you are and ask it in this program, like you mentioned earlier. Some people have other things. Marietta here, Marietta here, obviously loves to. Uh, she's a great communicator. Uh, I'm not all that great. I'm a guy who belongs in the field, but uh, I've, you know, just like you, I've come across this pro in this program. I've come across a lot of people who have shot, who have gotten that patch, and I've never seen them again. Mm-hmm. And I've come across a lot of other people who st- are still working towards getting that patch, but they're there. Mm-hmm. You see them every month. You see them on the forum. You hear from them. They're out there. They're spreading the word. I want those people. I want them all. But uh, you're absolutely right. You can live the life and continue to spread the word, and, and everybody is needed, and everybody has a purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because uh, I can't. It's hard for me to read the chat room and type. It's hard for me to do that. As a matter of fact, I, I'll just make a huge mess out of it if I try to do that. I'll start. Uh, I'll just start reading out loud what somebody's saying instead of what I'm supposed to be doing. I'll type what I mean to say on the program, uh, but. Uh, they're talking here about uh, a strata lounger versus a lazy boy yeah, uh, shootout. I see that. <laughs> on the, I started uh, to bring it up. <laughs> on the AQT. That would be very interesting. Uh, <laughs> and you're right, Mark. You're completely right. And uh, we've got folks who uh, in the program who haven't shot riflemen. And I'll tell you right now that even though they haven't shot riflemen, I would take them on my team before I would take other men who have a 235 or 240 
I will take these guys on my team before I took the other guys because these guys have heart. Being able to shoot a rifle uh, accurately is one thing, and that's good, and it's needed. But be, but having heart and having a, uh, a never-give-up of a persevere attitude, that is what I would want on my team. A rifleman right. adapts. A rifleman overcomes. A rifleman perseveres. And we have plenty of folks who, uh, who haven't shot riflemen yet, but who have that rifleman who lived the life of a rifleman. And I would take them over on my team. Uh, in many cases, above a person who has shot 230 or above, but is not leading the life of a rifleman. Mm-hmm. Amen. I've been hunting now for about, uh, extremely actively for about 15 years, prior to that a little bit, um, to the point that we don't go to the grocery store, um, not for meat anyway. <laughs> Um, I can all our food. I, pay, I put up over 100 dozen jars of food last year. We're setting up to be reloading our own shells. Um, the big taboo, I spoke, um, but I make my own cigarettes. Um, I'm a do-it-yourself kind hey. of person. <laughs> hey, I like that. Well, you know, you're doing, Obama, you're doing, a, you're doing a great job. The Obama crew, this is uh, maybe off topic, but the Obama crew got real stupid with some tobacco taxes, but uh, because I make my own and I, I know a little bit more about it than the average show because I've been doing it for years, I'm still smoking for about 50 cents a pack, which is Now, cool. hold on. I, I'm going to say that I'm going to say that I can't really take that information as correct because I know for a fact that the current administration promised that they would not uh, assess any taxes on folks who made uh, below $250,000. So uh, what I'm guessing is that either you're making above 250000 or you're telling me a fib because... Uh, I must be lying then yeah. because I definitely don't make over two fifty. <laughs> <laughs> because they, they already told us they wouldn't raise taxes. There would be no new taxes on that, so... Yeah. I don't qualify for S-chip, but I help pay for it. <laughs> <clears throat> but anyway, that's off topic. I apologize, folks. That's all right. Well, what is on topic is what you just said... Uh, about uh, taking care of yourself, and by right. that I mean having a plan. Part of being mm-hmm. a rifleman is having a plan, mm-hmm. uh, having a plan for what you're going to do in case of uh, situation A or situation B, and that includes uh, that includes understanding what you're going to do uh, if Plan A or Plan B uh, happens, and you need to have some food. Well, and I have a, right. I have another suggestion here that on along those lines. Um, for the Appleseed Forum, and I don't know who to clear it with, so we'll just broadcast it and let the mud hit the wall or fall off. Um, Along the lines of being prepared, I've run into a lot of people that if there wasn't a grocery store, they would starve to death. Okay. Um, If the people on the forum are interested in a thread about doing for yourself, whether it's hunting. I mean, I grew up uh, in a rural area, and this sounds egotistical or boastful, but it's not meant to sound that way. Um, I can raise it or hatch it. I can grow it up. I can butcher it. I can cut and wrap it. I can cook it, and I do the dishes too. Well, um, if people I, I agree learn that how that to do be... those things, but that's not apple seed topping. Yeah. I would, I agree that that would be great because I would love to, uh, you know, to listen to that and read that stuff too. However, 
If you try that, Stacy is going to crack you in your head with a big apple seed. That's what I figured because it's off topic. <laughs> it's off topic. That's then. right. Yeah. Okay. You don't want to be on to- off topic on the forum when Stacy's having a bad day because he will hammer you. <laughs> well, this is and, where you find course, out. And of course, that's you know that's just him being a proprietor uh, of the uh, organization because if we did that, then uh, and we've already and the reason I know is because we've already done this. We've already been down this road. What you end up with finally down at the uh, all at the far end of the line is folks telling you how to uh, build a bunker, uh, how to make explosives, mm-hmm. uh, how to shoot uh, uh, at uh, uh, you know at people and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And so uh, it's, it's you know and that right. of course is just uh, it gets the whole forum gets cluttered up and oh, yeah. uh, and folks spend. Uh, many, many hours wandering around lost there. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're trying to keep their focus nice and sharp and tight and trying to uh, make sure that we're, that we're pushing the program forward. Yep. That's understood. But at the same time, uh, I'm going to encourage everyone to seek out uh, those places, seek out those forums, seek out that information so that you have a plan. Uh, folks like mm-hmm. the, Mor- the Mormon Church has a... Uh, uh, ask its members to have one year of food on hand. Now, that would be the smartest thing I could imagine for any American, because mm-hmm. I'll tell you right now that there are only three days of food on the shelves in any store in America. Three days of food on the shelves. The minute something happens and the food stops about, arriving... I don't know about your area, but food's not. there's select foods that are no longer arriving here. Well... I'm just saying that that's the max, okay? Mm-hmm. And even even in a big city, in a big warehouse-type uh, food area, three days max is all they have. And you better get there on the first day. Because mm-hmm. if you get there on the third day trying to get some food, you're just going to end up with a uh, with a shopping cart full of Gaines burgers mm-hmm. uh, and hoping that you survive <laughs> on those. So make sure that you have a plan, and that plan should include feeding yourself and your family uh, for at least a week, uh, in order to make sure that you can get to somewhere else, mm-hmm. so that you can implement Plan B, so that mm-hmm. you, the only thing that you're thinking about is not uh, trying to find some food for you or your family, but let you think about the, the next thing in line, which is getting yourself uh, uh, to a safe location, etc. Uh, so I'm down with that, and I encourage everybody uh, uh to make sure that they have a plan, not just for, uh, not just for food, but for, uh, for have a plan for all the things that you do in your life like mm-hmm. this. Have a, uh, a plan on what you're going to do as far as uh, contacting your senators and your representatives. Have a plan to ensure that they understand that they serve at your leisure and that if they are not doing what you ask them to do, uh, and you're going to uh, ride them out of town on a rail and get somebody in who will listen. That will get your attention. Mm-hmm. Listen, I want to thank everyone uh, who has called in this evening and uh, and all the folks who are in the chat room uh, because uh, they're a huge help. When anybody comes in, the folks in the chat room, we've got plenty of uh, instructors and other folks in there like that uh, that uh, uh, that will help you. Uh, when you come in, uh, I'm going to give a quick uh, uh, thank you to uh, Mr. Bill English, 
who has a show uh, Wednesday nights at 10 o'clock Mountain Time, and then Fridays at 9.30 Mountain Time. He's got a, uh, uh, he has a show on Blog Talk Radio also. Uh, I'm trying to look at uh, and get the, Plain English is the name of it, Mondays and Wednesdays at 10 p.m. All right. Thanks again to everybody for calling in. Uh, Marietta, thank yes, you. Uh, well, you're quite Mark, welcome. Thank you. I'll see you in a few days. And right. uh, thank you, everybody in the chat room. And uh, God bless you all. We'll see you again on this next Tuesday Okay. Uh, for the next show. Be sure and call in then. Good night. Good night, everyone.